Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, February 3rd. The L.A. Galaxy getting ready for their, their first preseason game. At Dignity Health Sports Park with fans in attendance coming up. New England Revolution, LA Galaxy coming up this Saturday. We'll get you ready for that game. Why not? It's a preseason game. We'll get you ready for it. A lot of things starting to come together as well. Uh, Douglas Costa seems to be on his way to LA. We've talked about it in like the last six shows. We're going to talk about it again. We're going to continue it. Fabrizio Romano with some reporting today that sort of locks in, and we'll talk about contracts and all that fun stuff as well. Greg Vanny had a press conference. We're going to get you through that. A lot of little tidbits that you can sort of take away and talk about, so we're going to get you through that as well. So a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things to get to to help me do that. She's back. It's Miss <laughs> Sophie the Cannon Nicolau. Sophie, how's it going, ma'am? Doing pretty good, Josh. Doing pretty good. How are you? I am, you know what? I am hanging in there. I am... I am excited about a game that we get to watch. It's live soccer. I get to go to a stadium. I mean, overall, I don't know that I can I can really complain about that. Can you can you, can you complain about that? I cannot, but I will not be going to the game, unfortunately, because I have a prior engagement. I know, I who, know. Who dare have a who dare <sighs> roped you into a prior engagement on whenever they know soccer season is? I mean, it is a preseason game. I guess you people have to get married at some point, like during the year without trying to interrupt my soccer season, right? I'm saving my coupons. I am saving them. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Very um, good. I have a confession to make before we get started. Hello, my name, two confessions. Yes, okay, okay two. My first one is, hello, my name is Sophie Nicolau, and I am not an LA Rams fan. <laughs> oh, okay, so Sorry. so the, okay. The, the Super Bowl, not your thing, don't I care? I just need, it's... The Stan Kroenke Arsenal thing, <laughs> I just can't do it. My second confession is, hello, my name is Sophie Nicolau, and I'm addicted to Josh's spreadsheets to the point where I save them and recycle them yeah. and use them on the Highbury squad when predicting scores you do. with Super Kevin Kant. 
Campbell. That well, I would I would I'll point out for all of our podcast listeners, she's using our blue our my my very special blue paper um, that I print. So that way, because white paper is too glaring, right? That's why I use the blue. Yeah. The blue tones it down a little bit. Yeah. Right. So um yeah, that's uh that's what I that's what I do for that. So um well good. I'm glad. I'm glad you like the blue paper. Um I still have some of it. I don't use it as much. I'm not usually throwing around papers as much in this setup as I did at the old office. So. Um, you don't see it. It's more, you know, more framed, more framed. I can, I can bring it down a little bit, but it's time to bring in some of that. I think this season, yeah, good to bring that back. Not all the time, but just every once in a while, some blue paper. All right. That's good. Blue paper. Very good. All right. Um, LA galaxy played a surprise preseason game. We didn't know about it. Um, they knew about it. (laughs) They, I, I, well, I imagine they (laughs) knew about it. (laughs) They showed up to the stadium. They're like, Oh, I guess we're playing today. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, so that happened. They played against the the LA force, uh, LA force NISL team. Um, somebody in the discord says they're still around. They, they're, are they still doing things? That's, that's crazy. Um, so yes, they were, uh, they did lose, uh, the LA force did to the LA galaxy, uh, galaxy won three to nothing. It was funny cause we're going to go through Greg Vanny's, you know, many different quotes and a whole bunch of things. One of the things that I won't tell you about, um, what was his sort of complimentary attitude towards LA force, which was, you know, he says, I really have to give it to the guys who came in and played against us. He goes, you know, they made it difficult for us. They didn't make easy mistakes. You know, he's pumping them up, right? He's like, you came in here and you got your butts beat three to nothing. He goes, but I really do appreciate you coming in here and not just, you know, like a lot of times lower division teams, they come in and then they're they're not that good and they make stupid mistakes and Galaxy can easily score goals off stupid mistakes that MLS teams probably won't mm-hmm. make. Right. And mm-hmm. so his his idea of complimenting them was that they made them create chances and, and finish chances and that type of thing. Um, so I, I guess he's, that's something. He's, he's spreading some love. This uh, preseason, which I know you're going to, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's vibing so far. He is. He, I mean, I I don't know exactly. He's in a good mood. I mean, it's preseason. You haven't lost any games, you know, no, no games that count, you know, your records, uh, zero, zero and zero. You're you're definitely in line to win an MLS cup in preseason. So what, what is there not to be, you know, uh, excited about? Um, and he probably has a designated player who's coming in here relatively shortly as well. So, um, uh, in, in terms of being completely and totally ridiculous, Sophie, uh, oh, I am. We love that. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I am keeping track of the LA Galaxy's preseason record. I'm keeping track of the goal scorers <laughs> um, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, so right now, LA Galaxy 2-0 and 0 in two games played. Seven goals for, three goals against, uh, one shutout on the uh, on the menu. This one against LA Force. Uh, the LA Galaxy's leading goal scorer. There have been seven goal scorers so far. So spreading the love around. Uh, the leading goal scorer with two goals is Farai Mutatu, the LA Galaxy's first round draft pick. I did asked Greg Vanny about him a little bit today uh, and said, you know, what is what does he got to do to make this team? We're, we're still trying to find out. And I would like to to just clear something up. We are assuming that he takes up an international slot. He was born outside the country, but he has been in the U.S. playing with a college team. So there is a chance that there's a green card in there or a way basically to get him onto the roster without taking an international slot. So we're still trying to find that out. I was hoping maybe Greg might tip his hand a little bit without me using one of my limited (laughs) questions on an international slot for a guy who probably won't make the first team uh, was not high on my list of things. But uh, I sort of asked him what he had to do. And he he was just so complimentary of Farai Mutatu. And we can play you some of that sound here a little bit later. But um, this is there's there's guys are scoring goals. Galaxy are 2-0-0. They got seven goals for three goals against. I I don't know. It, It feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always good to kind of get the confidence going. But let's all be honest. None of it matters. 
the only thing that it matters is the team get together, they're gelling, they're getting to know each other because this team's going to be um, kind of different to, to last season, not necessarily, of course, in the style of play, but the personnel um, on display. So I don't take stock in that. I love, though, that you find all these little things that you can kind of hone in on because it's so funny. I was on the U.S. women's national team presser today, too, and Vlatko was at some point he's like, I don't know what other I don't know what other questions you guys want to ask me, and not in a bad way. Right. But don't you often feel on these preseason presses, it's like, hmm, what can we ask him? How can we, you know, how, stir how, the pot, get how, something going here? Yeah, how do you have fun? I'll, I'll tell you, Greg Vanny did tip us off, Sophie, and I think as reporters and as fans, I think we put on our little hats and we understand now, Greg got at the very end, uh, Alicia Rodriguez, SB Nation, um, LA Galaxy Confidential, and, and a whole bunch of other outlets that she writes for. Uh, Alicia asked a tactical question. And Greg Vanny, and Greg Vanny goes, oh man, I love tactical questions. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> and and so I, I was texting some people and, and one of them goes, come on, Josh, why don't you ask tactical questions? I'm like, uh, if you don't think that I don't make a mental note that Greg Vanny loves tactical questions and that now we're all going to... Every reporter who was on there was like, oh, tactical questions. Okay, Greg he, likes those. He wasn't being sarcastic? No, he, no, no. He was... Oh. Greg... Okay, we, we knew this. Whenever he first got signed, we got him on our podcast like the day after he was announced or something because mm -hmm. he was in his hotel and he didn't have anything else to do, right? He was, he was hanging out and <laughs> he didn't have his family with him yet. And so he was here in LA and doing the thing. And so Eric and I talked to him and it was funny when we got done with that, I was talking to some of the Galaxy people and I'm like, it seems like he just really loves to talk soccer. And they're like, yes, 100%. That would, that would be correct. And I think that that's true with Greg. I have never seen him get upset at a reasonable question. And I think he gets excited mm -hmm. by the different questions or the more difficult to answer tactical questions and stuff like that. I think that's a great personality trait to have as a head coach. He wants to explain it to us. He, he yeah. he's ready. Just ask him. Yeah. Because some coaches could, and we've seen them belittle reporters for asking, you know, I mean, I'm not saying Belichick cause he is the exception to, I don't know what rule, but he's hilarious. And I would say when the collapse, not collapse, but when the regression started happening, he never got super chippy in the presses last season. You could tell he was irked, right. but he really does carry himself very, very well. In fact, I think he overly defended the indefensible at times, but that I guess makes for good man management because you're always protecting uh, your players. So um, yeah, I'm taking a mental note for the double pivot question. <laughs> right. You're like, you're like, Greg, let's talk about the empty bucket. All right. Um, you know, let's, uh, I saw you have a winger. It, it was a really, uh, listen, the entire press conference as it always is, as I try to do um, is up on our YouTube. You can watch the full thing, including the part where they started the whole press conference, gave me the first question. And then Greg suddenly just disappeared on the screen for a little while <laughs> and then he came back and it was there was a little part in there so he's like he's like i'm back and now i can hear everybody and he said something like oh i thought it would be better if i could actually uh i could answer the questions better if i could actually hear them instead of you know just guessing and i was like well depends on how bad our questions are it might <laughs> it might work the other way um but our full thing is up there so you can listen to it there is a good six seven eight minute gush on marky delgado between two questions between damian calhoun and scott french which we're not going to play tonight but that you certainly are more than welcome to listen to um it was it is thorough you can tell why greg is excited about mark delgado 
Um, and whenever you see him in person, Sophie, you can't really call him Marky. I, it's one of those, like, I was like, oh. So I was going to ask yeah. you about this. Is this something that it's a little bit like, you know, Ben, we were Ben White at Arsenal and he's like, no, it's Benjamin. Oh, right. Oh, Benjamin. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. Benjamin uh-huh. White. So yes. is it Marky? No. No, it's Mark. It's Mark. I I, I feel like that's the least, that's the most respectful way I can go at this. If he was like, hey, oh no, it's Marky, then I would call him something else. But everybody called him Mark and he seemed to be just fine with that. Uh, It's also funny uh, if you go listen to his interview, he talks about being 26 years old and he talks about being a veteran. And so the question was, (laughs) are you a veteran or are you a, he goes, well, everybody calls me a veteran. And then whenever they find out that I'm 26 years old, they're sort of like, Oh, like, you know, you're not that old, but he, I mean, he's absolutely going to be a veteran on this team in terms of the amount of time he's played in different things. So just, just interesting, interesting little tidbits and notes. But if you listen to Greg Vanny talk about Mark Delgado, it's similar in fashion to when he talked about uh, Victor Vasquez, right? Which is he Mm -hmm. was glowing and he talks about Victor being a coach on the field. It's different because Mark Delgado is younger, Mm -hmm. um, but there is an admiration for the engine that he has. And as Greg says, the time that Mark Delgado creates for other players um, which is super interesting. And, and Mark even commented a little bit about that in his press conference. He was talking about it and saying, listen, I realized that like, as I was trying to get better that, you know, dribbling around guys and doing stuff like that is not my strength and it has never been my strength. And he goes, but I realized that I'm a very good one touch player. He goes, so I try to get the ball off my feet as fast as possible because that's what I'm best at. And that's, and, and that's what Greg Vanny was. He's almost mm-hmm. creates time for players because the ball doesn't waste time on his foot. It's already gone. Well, that's good for Chicha and Cabral for sure. If he's going to be that type of player um, in terms of the runs that they can make. The other thing too, don't forget, remember uh, on the last, the last time I was on, I kind of, I predicted my, I don't know if it was a bold prediction, but it was a prediction bold. that he c- he could become a cult hero very quickly. I will tell you this. He was mm-hmm. nervous talking to us today. You could tell that. I, I don't know that if he likes talking to the press. And that always gives mm. me like you see the human side of people, right? You know, we yeah. we do this all the time. We talk to people. It's, you know, public speaking. If you're, you know, a reporter or journalism or podcasting for as much public speaking is is what it is. We that's what we, we do. And it doesn't really um, I don't get that nervous talking to most people anymore. It's like, oh, that's fun. Cool. It's different whenever you see that it does affect some players. And he's been in the league for like, what, 10 years or something like that. He's, mm-hmm. you know, since he's 14, 15, 16, Greg Vanny even talked about that. Um, and so he he gets a little nervous. I, I don't know if that's endearing. Um, it's endearing right now. Whenever I saw it, it was sort of like, kind of I kind of like this kid. Just the fact that he's, he's a little nervous in that situation. It you doesn't know? come across as like, I don't like talking to the press arrogance. It, no, no, it, no. If it's in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because endearing is, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing... I think he's going to be there, you know, kind of not, you know, like how Sasha just stepped up last. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a veteran. He just steps up anyway, but even like the losses, he would come and talk to the press. Right. Yep. Um, Steris was always good at that too. I think he could be that type of guy, um, as well. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so anyway, so that was sort of, I mean, you know, we're sort of jumping around and doing some different things here, but that was sort of the the crux of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I know. I was I was getting ready to do a little crisscross too. Um, so that's, that's where we set. The LA Galaxy have a preseason game coming up on Saturday. Um, 
And that will, and, and Greg even mentioned, he goes, you know, I was talking about Farai Mutatu and how he has a, two goals and an assist and how Nibola, he said, you know, these first games probably aren't a great measure of where everybody was at. Totally true. And he's right. Uh, agreed. And we, we know. And he goes, I'm hoping to get a better idea of what's going to be happening here um, whenever we play against New England this weekend and, and sort of onward, right? So what we know so far is that he says everybody basically has gotten 245s. So everybody has played 245-minute halves. They played the first game against Toronto in 245-minute halves, which people say, well, of course they did. No, that doesn't usually in the preseason, you might get the first game be 330s um, mm-hmm. or, you know, you'll have uh, three 45s in order to get a whole bunch of more players playing up for a third 45 minutes and stuff like that. So basically Greg says everything has been 245 so far and he expects that this weekend um, that you'll see people playing 60 minutes. So expect to see this weekend a 60 minute. And then he was saying when we go to Coachella, which he screwed that up because everybody knows it's Golchella. <laughs> Greg, it's Golchella. Uh, when you go to Golchella, he's expecting that he's going to get a you know a couple, two, maybe um, I think he said two, two ninety-minute games out of that, and that should really get them ready for the season as it as it goes. So um, the team has to start forming now, yes. doesn't it? Really, yes. Now is the time for it all. So the timing is very, very good. I mean, how close? Of course, you're going to talk about some of the incomings, jo- Josh. Right. But the team that starts on the weekend, how? minus two players maybe two. How- yeah i think two i think two and it's- possibly just one and really when you think about where they're going to be here's the thing um let's just switch douglas cost and talk about it because we need to talk about it because he's going to be coming to the la galaxy and so you need to understand that in order to place this roster all right douglas costa 31 years old we've been talking about him now for five or six shows in a row um every single time there's more rumors there's everything uh fabrizio romano this morning uh basically tweeted out douglas costa set to join the la galaxy agreement reached uh and basically said on a six-month loan plus two-year contract set to be signed done deal okay that's not going to be true and he corrects it and i was going to correct it tonight if i didn't if he, even if he didn't correct his um but he does says douglas costa is planning to arrive um coming to los angeles on sunday um, so that is, that's where everything is. So Sunday is apparently when he's coming to LA. All right. So, uh, this is interesting, of course, because I did ask Greg Vanny off the top and the very first question actually, Sophie was, um, this, this idea of Douglas Costa coming. So I figured, um, we should probably get a little bit of the Douglas Costa comments just that way we can parse this even more with Fabrizio. So, um, yeah. with what Fabrizio said. So, uh, again, Doug, I asked Greg Vanny if he could comment on Douglas Costa and the rumors. Uh, and this is what Greg Vanny said. Uh, I can't, uh, in the moment today's not really my DP discussion or announcement or anything day. So, uh, I'm going to leave that one off for now, but hopefully we'll be getting to, uh, that portion of the show, not too far down the road of who's coming in and who it's going to be and all that. All right. So there was, so, uh, Listen, he's smi- that was funny. I couldn't make the presser today, but that I like that. Yeah, it, it, it's very much. Listen, I can't do it right now because we have a big <laughs> announcement planned and there's a whole bunch of things that have to that we need to go through and I don't want to ruin that. And so I'm not going to say anything. But Josh, being that you mentioned Douglas Costa, I'm also going to use the word DP or designated player in my response to you, even though you didn't ask about DPs or, or designated players coming in. Mm-hmm. So as we've been telling you for a couple of weeks is Douglas Costa is coming in as a designated player. I think Greg Vanny pretty much confirms that. Plus all the other stuff that we were seeing 
pretty much indicates that there's been lots of galaxy fans who have been sitting here trying to give me reasons why it would be a tam deal um and i feel like all you just trying real hard to make something that's not going to happen happen um so it's it, a, a fan's excited about this because the last time no. i was on i said it's not the sexy signing that people want no do you know what i mean yeah why do you think they're not excited about it? Run a form. I mean, and it was, we yeah. talked about it on Thursday, which is like in the last five years, he really hasn't done much. And so if you're going to put that onto somebody who supposedly, and still the rumor is $5 million a year, um, if you're going to pay somebody that much money, you want to know that you're going to get something for that as well. And I think fans are, have, have geo flashbacks, right? Which is so much promise, so much talent. And Sophie, what did you say? Uh, about his it, talent. It doesn't matter. He's still going to be the best player on this team. Yes. And, and, and he's still going to be one of the best players in the league. He absolutely, in the talent level, I agree with you 100%. If he plays up to his talent level, he will destroy mm -hmm. people. But yes. it's that question of motivation. And I think that's where everybody's scared because Gio was always a question of motivation, right? It I was think, like. Yeah, but Gio never won at Douglas Costa's level. Let's be honest. He won 11 trophies at Shakhtar. He won five trophies at uh, Bayern Munich and, and, and he won, I think, five at Juventus. And that includes like championships, right? right? And he's versatile too. The great thing about him, he, he can play on the right, he can play on the left. He's going to have options, you know, with this guy. Now, he was always very pacey. And at this age, does he still have that? Right. But picking passes in this league, I'm not saying is easy. Right. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and swim in it because we've seen a lot of DPs come in and they've, they've realized really quickly when you're dealing with travel and time zones and elevation and all these things and the hot and the cold, there's a lot of components that go into it. But is he super talented? Yes. And I think what he brings is a bit of a rottweiler winner mentality look how he's played with in his career right. been managed pep guardiola pep guardiola at one point called him one of the best wingers if not the best winger in in the world carlo ancelotti preferred ribery to right. um but that was because he had a muscle injury at Bayern munich which took him out of the team a little bit but he was rolling that he was rolling that season that that first season then he got a muscle injury and then ancelotti comes in and prefers ribery and then he goes on loan to Juventus right. and has a big impact at Juventus. I mean, he had a crazy moment. I think he had the headbutt. Was I can't remember if he's, the headbutt. He's, I think it was a spit. Was it the spitting? Was, Something yeah, along so, those yeah. uh -huh. slides. Um, Allegri was not impressed by it. And I think he got fined um, for that. But again, the players that you played with in these teams – you know, and what that can bring to an LA Galaxy dressing room that I think Chicharito is going to be buoyed by a player like Douglas Costa coming. I, I, I agree. And again, in principle, I agree. Right. Which is you, you're right about the talent. You're right about the experience. He mm -hmm. is absolutely one of the most talented. One is injury concern. And you talked about muscle injuries and he has had a, a history with muscle injuries. So that's and a hamstring and ham. Yeah. So that's that's not a good sign. Um, and it's like one of those things. It's like, hey, Chicharito was absolutely great last year. But you can't tell me that if he would have played five more games, that one, he wouldn't have won the Golden Boot and two, the LA Galaxy don't make the playoffs. It's those injuries affect things. Mm -hmm. Even if Costa is everything that you want him to be, he needs to play 80% of the minutes that are out there and available and at 31 years old, um, which isn't that old, I would like to point out. Not that old at 31, certainly on the downside, but not that old at 31. Is he willing to be that workmanlike guy who's going to go out there and give you those that eighty percent of the games that are that are out there for MLS? And I think those are the questions. 
um, that sort of surround him. I, that's why I think people are unsure. Now, I remember, and I've said this before, and people say you can't compare the two. You absolutely can compare the two. You remember Ashley Cole coming to the LA Galaxy? Everybody was like, no, he's washed up. He doesn't want to play here. He said he doesn't want to retire on the beach. Everybody took one comment and looked at Ashley Cole and said, well, he's not going to be any good. And he turned out to be one of the best left backs in, in MLS during his time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's absolutely, you know, Douglas Costa shows up and does the things that Douglas Costa used to do and is effective. He will change everybody's hearts and minds. I just think... The geo thing is really in everybody's sort of it's it's that motivation issue. It's the injury issue. And it's the, you know, I, I honestly, I think there's a perception because he was playing at Gremio, which was a div- first division Brazilian side until they got relegated. Yeah, they got relegated. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of like, eh, and but not his, not his fault. You know, Aaron Ramsdale is a superstar in goal for Arsenal this season. He got relegated twice. Right you know, before that. And and I've learned that lesson from the summer because everyone had a meltdown with our signings. And I think it's very easy for us to kind of have the meltdown before the guys even played a game. Yeah. Have the meltdown maybe 10 games in. <laughs> when he hasn't like, played. When he hasn't played because oh, he got injured in training. Is pro- <laughs> this is a problem now. Yeah, I, and I agree. Listen, he's coming. So I I told everybody on, on Monday night, you might as well just stop complaining. Like, you can stop complaining like, oh, I hope he doesn't come. No, he's coming. It's happening. <laughs> Get used to it. Douglas Costa is coming to the LA Galaxy. Now, uh, Fabrizio Romano did correct his tweet or sort of gave more information. He called it more on Douglas Costa deal. Uh, Los Angeles Galaxy will sign him on a six-month loan from Juventus plus contract until June of 2023. Uh, he says that's already signed basically as a future free agent announcement expected on Monday. Here we go. And by the way, anytime we talk about Fabrizio, you have to do Fabrizio says Fabrizio. Um, you have to give the hand. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, by the way, it's fun just in terms of looking at Fabrizio and what he does with his brand is so fun because not only did he develop a brand by being super accurate with information and digging into sources and stuff like that, but now you clubs basically will also feed him this stuff. So that way they get mentioned by Fabrizio because he has all these followers and everybody knows if Fabrizio says it, we know it's true, yeah. right? It's, it's yeah. this whole like fun brand thing. I really, it is. I really, he, he made it. his name when he broke the Paul Pogba story, um, going to, you know, that's, I mean, not his name. He was right. still a good journalist before that, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's become, it used to be David Ornstein and now it's really like Fabrizio. The two of them are, are the best in the business. Fabrizio. I, I, I love it. So anyway, um, but so so that's that's happening now. Let me explain this because I see people in the chat room confused. Uh, he has. Are they having a meltdown? Let me well, see. I mean, it's just like the it's the length of the contract. First of all, we were heard it was a two year contract with a six month loan, and then everybody was like, "Well, is that one year plus a option that makes two years?" And so we were sort of waiting to figure that out. I'm still waiting on official clarification, but this is how I read this right now. Um, through the lens is that basically he has a contract with Juventus until June of 2022. We know that that's been something we've talked about, even though I got it wrong for like the first three or four shows about that. Um, so he has to get through that, the rest of that contract, the way they're going to do that is in a loan deal. So there's a loan deal from Juventus. His contract with Juventus will expire the end of June of 2022. So this June, and then he's going to sign a one year deal. It looks like that takes him through to June of 2023. So when you look Mm -hmm. at it, it's a year and a half deal total, but there's no opt out at the loan. He's already signed his contract for the year that's coming after it. So, you know, everybody's like, well, if he, if he's really bad in six months, just don't, don't sign him. It's like, no, no, no. The contract already inked and signed. He can sign (laughs) pre-contracts because it's within six months of the deal expiring. And 
it's in anticipation of him being a free agent after that. So there's not going to be a transfer fee or anything like that. The other part of this is we don't know how much of hit the salary that Juventus is paying in this first six months or if the Galaxy are basically just paying him whatever they're going to pay him and there's a loan and who knows if Juventus is giving the loan for free. There's a whole bunch of things in there, but we still expect that it's a designated player contract mm-hmm. and not a not a TAM contract in, in all this. Um, there's some weird prorating things you could do that I tried to do earlier today, which is you have a loan that's only for six months, so you can prorate that across the entire year, but then you also have a contract that's for a year, but it only takes through for six months, so you can prorate that across the year. Guess what? It ends up being the same, so I stopped trying to to do that in my head. I thought there was like a way to be 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 cute with the numbers, and so no, that's 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 where it is. So I'm always impressed by your numbers, uh, Josh. Whatever. Um, I, do you know what I think? That, do you know what I think? One of the issues is for fans, Josh. Real right. quick, when you see Toronto sign Lorenzo Insigne, right? Mm-hmm. There's only a, a one year age difference, isn't there? Uh, Douglas Foster is 31 and Lorenzo is 30, right? But it's because he's still playing top level football at Napoli in Syria. He's, you know, doing quite well, has done quite well. And here is this superstar of Italian football coming here. And I think LA Galaxy fans maybe wanted a slice of that, you know, not that player, but that type of player to come. And I get their concerns about it's been a while. But you just don't know. But that's why I think some of the fans are a bit bummed about it. Yeah, I mean, the idea is that the LA Galaxy could go after any player in the world, right? And we've talked about this before. They certainly have the money. If they wanted to make a ridiculous offer to somebody and pay $40 million on a transfer fee, the AEG could do it. I'm not saying that that's within their business model of what they're doing for the Galaxy, but they have the money to be able to do it. They could do it. Um, when that doesn't happen, and it seems like, you know, the, the LA Galaxy, we'll talk a little bit about um, about Christian Pavone here in a second as well, because I think it's an important follow on this as well. But it's like, you know, everybody's been sitting here and saying, well, OK, great, you're going after Christian Pavone or are you going after Christian Pavone? And if you are, then why? Because there are so many other people you could go after and that don't have a pending legal case against them that you don't exactly. have to be involved in. So why are you so focused on one guy right here when the whole world plays football, right? You could find right. anybody for that amount of money and do those types of things. And I think that's the other argument is you have to find a 31 year old who is current, who was currently at a second division Brazilian side, even though they they were relegated. So that's sort of a, a little cheap shot, but that was at a second division Brazilian side who hasn't played very good football in five years. And you're suddenly expecting him to be motivated, to be healthy and to be able to do stuff in major league soccer. And why was this the guy that you had to have? If you're going to spend $5 million a year, which again, we're assuming I don't have confirmation on that, but why are you going to spend $5 million a year on a guy like that when the whole world plays football and you could spend $5 million on somebody else? I think that's mm-hmm. always the argument, but that's the argument with any signing, right? Well, yeah, and I'm, I mean, let's be honest. When Chicharito came to, um, in well, he scored fifty. I'm look. I was just checking his numbers. He scored sixteen goals in fifty-five appearances for West Ham. He did not have a good spell there. Right. His last good spell really was at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, at Sevilla, he played nine times and scored one goal. So a lot of people thought Chicharito was coming to um, LA Galaxy a little bit broken as well. Right. Uh, and that was a, a, a that was a risk of that signing because he also had, um, you know, a couple of injuries as well. So that's why I think sometimes we just have to be a little bit patient to see how it plays out and not blow up before 
um, it happens. But I get it. I get why fans might be a little bit, you know, ticked off. A little raw. It's not sexy. It's not as sexy a signing, is it? I mean, if you do the signing four years ago or five years ago, it's extremely sexy, right? And yes. so it's just a matter of time and what has happened and, and whether or not the form can be regained. Uh, let's get to a super chat. Herb, uh, I'm starting to feel like one, Herb is my sugar daddy. Um, or two, that Herb is using us to uh, launder money. I don't know which one it is. I'm not sure. Uh, but Herb gave us a $50 super chat. So thank wow. you, Herb. Appreciate it. Bit of Ozark laundering going yeah, on he, there, he, right? He does this a lot. I really do. I told I told Eric on a text uh, last week. I said, I'm pretty sure I'm uh, uh, that Herb is my sugar daddy. So it is what it is. Um, and you know what? I'm fine with it. As I'm long as you're fine sure with it. It was the, it was it was the, the blue, blue paper. paper. Yep, I, I agree. <laughs> uh, so Herb says, hey, Josh, shout out to Sophie. If the Galaxy were buy an international slot from another team, uh, he says, I believe you said that's possible. Correct me if I'm wrong. You are correct. You can buy an international slot from somebody else. Does the Galaxy keep that slot past the season or how does that work? They do not. It expires every season. That's why it's always dangerous mm. to go and buy international slots as you know you have to go and buy them the next year if you're keeping... Like if you if you have so many international stacked and you know that you're going to go out and get somebody next year, you know you're going to have to go find another slot next year. And every team gets eight, which means that whenever they add a new team, Sophie, that team gets an additional eight, right? So every team gets eight you multiply it by 28 teams that's how many international slots there are and those that number does not fluctuate so it's 20 maximum number of international players is 28 times 8 that's it um can i ask a stupid question probably um, not stupid go for it uh, is there a cap a salary cap on that or mm -hmm. can you pay that international slot what you want so so the you have to have the slot itself to place an international player from somebody so you have to have that slot so it's it's just a it's just a roster mechanism it doesn't technically speaking it doesn't cost any money except that they trade for about $250,000 so if you're going to buy an international slot Sophie you it would cost you right around $250,000 right now if you're going to go find one okay but there is no but the the that does not guarantee you anything it doesn't mean that that player is outside the salary cap it doesn't mean that that player is a tam player all that stuff is just is is, right. is separate right but you're not going to get luka modric in that slot you could if you had a designated player slot open and an international slot but you need the mm. dp the dp slot is the more important yeah, of yeah, those yeah. those things international slot is just a way to get make sure that you have uh that they limit the number of internationals to each team to 8 um, but that's not right. really true because you can go out and buy other ones, but it limits the total number of internationals in the league to a set number. Um, right, right, so right. the LA galaxy right now, as they sit, have seven of eight international slots used. Um, and it look, and we're assuming again that Carlos Harvey, who everybody says, well, he's never going to be with the team. He keeps training with Taro FC or however that is. Uh, the galaxy wished him happy birthday today. I'm still told that I don't know if he's actually in camp. I haven't seen him. Um, he, he could be, he could not be. I don't know what that whole situation is, but regardless, uh, he was supposed to have gotten a green card and that gives the LA galaxy the seven of eight, not eight of eight, uh, with Douglas Costa coming in, he will be the eighth. And so the LA Galaxy have no more international slots unless they go out and buy one or somebody gets a green card somewhere. Right, right. And, and, that, and you can open up an international slot there and bring in somebody else. Which, by the way, Bruce Arena and other teams um, over the years have, have been so good at... Make, Robbie Keane came in on an international slot and then got a green card and was basically listed as a domestic player for the LA Galaxy. Just that was so that. clever. It was. And, they, and then they could go out and get more internationals and Robbie Keane counted as a domestic player. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's one of the things that you sort of, uh, have to see on that. So that's the international slot. So I don't know, 
Um, we've been talking about, you know, just in case Farai Mutatu takes a international slot, do you go out and spend 200, $250,000, $300,000 to sign a first round draft pick to your team in order to get an international slot, right? Seems like a big ask. And it's one of the reasons that's a hurdle that like he'd have to be really good in the preseason in order for Greg Vanny to be like, I guess we have to spend $250,000 and go out there and, and of general allocation money and get one so we could sign him on the first team so he can right, play right. on the first team. What do you think is going to happen? I don't think there. It's such that's that's a tough risk to sort of take, right? Because mm-hmm. you spend a considerable amount of money, not not outrageous, but a considerable amount of money for a guy that has never played professional soccer. Um, and it's like, let them play with LA galaxy two for a year and then you can make that decision. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the easier answer. Um, in, in a lot of this, um, so, uh, that's where we go. Another super chat from, um, architecto verbal, um, who I'm, I'm not going to say this because I don't think I was authorized to say this, but might have new music coming out. This is the, um, this is the same guy. Let's see. Do I still have it? This is, this is this guy right here. This makes me want to put my colors up. I know it will. It's a great song, and it and it gets me pumped up. Um, I don't want to get a copyright strike on it. So anyway, same guy. Um, go listen to that. There's there, he has some he has great music. Um, and it, by the way, if you wow. no, if you notice, that's like tailgate. He was talking about the LA Galaxy. Uh, he has more LA Galaxy based uh, music coming out. He told, I, I, maybe he, maybe he told me, maybe he didn't. Yeah. So, so, all right. So that was, that was something, but he asked, uh, do you ever see Stevie G coming back and coaching the LA galaxy? No, (laughs) no, because he told me and I'll never forget. Yes. The best thing he ever said to me was Sophie, don't you miss Sunday roast dinners? There's no way he's coming back ever. He, he misses, he misses his roast dinners. I get it. I, I understand. So he was so homesick. It was, it was crazy. He uh, was homesick. He was, he was absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyway, so, so that's what Douglas Costa. So again, uh, six month loan upcoming, uh, that'll get through June. And by the way, when we say six months, people are like, so it's going to end in August of, uh, no, listen, we in soccer, we deal in halves of years, right? And whether that's the world football or whether it's here in MLS, we still do the same thing. We're talking about the first half of the year is six months. And then the second half of the year is the second six months. One year in, in MLS terms is basically from, you know, the, the January 1st to December 31st on the actual calendar, but also within major league soccer and their contracts. That's usually how they go. Um, the interesting thing with Douglas Costa is it's going to be six month term, which gets them through the June 2022 uh, contract ending with Juve. And then it's going to be for a year around June of 2023. So basically on the half mark of the season. Mm -hmm. So there's a chance that next year at the end of the summer, the LA galaxy could be getting rid of Douglas Costa in order to sign another designated player. So think about that for a little while. Wow. While while you go to noodle on that kids. Yeah. Or, or they sign him to an extension because he's been amazing and they want him for the the rest of six months. Let's hope that that's gonna, that's gonna be the case. Right. Yep. I I really hope he comes in and I mean, everyone does, you know, prove the skeptics wrong. I think everyone was expecting me to really poo poo this. And because the last time I was on, I said, it's just not a sexy signing. It's hard to get excited about it. But that doesn't mean he's not a good player and he's not going to contribute to this team. Trust me. Right. Araujo, um, uh, Mark. <laughs> Mark. Marky Delgado. Mark, yes. <laughs> um, Javier. They're, they're going to love playing with him. 
Yeah, um, it, it seems that way. So so that's one of the things. Um, let's see. Uh, Architect of Verbal, by the way, just dropped in the chat and said, uh, new CD coming for all the G's next season. EP nice. titled MLS Major League Sounds. There you go. So, oh, I love that. I know. It's great, Sophie. I, I listen to music all the time. I don't know if I'm allowed to. I'm like the whitest person in the world, but like I bump it in my car. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm like, yeah, I dig it. Uh, my White so- man overbite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and my son, who's, uh, who's two, like we'll be driving in the Carl turn that on and he's back there like shaking his head and having a good time so it's yeah it's a good time everybody enjoys it it's it's family music as far as i'm concerned so um always good uh you you said julian arajo julian arajo yes. made his world cup qualifying debut for mexico uh came into the 68th minute score was tied 0-0 comes in after a couple minutes mexico manufactures a penalty they end up beating panama one nothing is it a coincidence i think not i'll tell you this um Julian Araujo was flying in this game. He was he was amped up. He was ready to go, and he made a couple really nice tackles. Came back and worked back behind the ball really well. It was if you remember, sort of like the think of the opening minutes of an El Trafico with Julian Araujo mm-hmm. just flying up and down the sides, frenetic mm-hmm. energy, just like all this he wants to go. That's what it reminded the, me of whenever I saw him playing for Mexico. Did an absolutely perfectly fine job with on, on the in that right back position. Uh, was Mexico that a slight back. dig when you said manufactured a penalty? I mean, they did. I mean, I don't know. I, I always think that's a skill. So I'm not going to say it's a dig, but it was absolutely manufactured. I mean, there was some contact. Was there enough contact? Eh, meh. You know, it is what it is. But you got somebody to take a swipe at you in the box. You did what you were supposed to do. You were in a position where you weren't going to be able to move the ball forward anymore. You were trapped and you got a penalty out of it. That's a successful dribble to me. So um, so anyway, uh, Julian Rajo uh, was out there. Greg Vanny talked about him and said he was really excited to see him out there and just sort of what he could do and and how he was doing that so um that was fun i want to get through this last thing um and then we'll go to greg vanny and his press conference because i think we have a whole bunch of uh, sound for that but i'd like to remind everybody uh game coming up this weekend uh vaccine requirements uh negative test requirements mask requirements all in effect um and remember it's uh are you under the age of five now is is those those don't apply otherwise if you're five or older uh, vaccine card, uh, proof of that or proof of a negative test. Yes, they're doing testing on site again. So if you, if you need a negative test, then you can go and get it on site. Just get in there early. Um, as always, I don't expect that the preseason game, Sophie is going to be like ridiculously packed. I just don't think it's going to Mm -hmm. be probably five or 6,000 people there. That's usually what it is. Um, so I don't think that's a huge problem, but just, I would get there early anyway, just so way you're not, uh, standing around if you need that negative test. And then once you're in, unless you're actively eating or drinking, uh, you're supposed to be wearing your mask. All right, there you go. What, um, is this a still a two shots versus a booster shot? That's still, two, still two shots, apparently. Yeah. Um, from what I read, it's still two shots, although I imagine that will eventually change to fully vaccinated as a booster shot, that type of thing. We'll see. Who knows um, with all that stuff. But that's what that's going to be the requirements. And uh, another quick reminder, Sophie, just 24 days now from today, 24 days until the L.A. Galaxy face off against New York City. Wow. FC. Doesn't that seem really close and stuff? Yeah, it that's does. like three weeks away, a little more than three weeks away. Wow. So exciting. I love this time of year, that excitement before the season starts. I love the distraction kind of, you know, when Arsenal just irritate me um, and I can focus on, you know, and it's going to be great. You know, I always love MLS Media Day. I love like the new season. I love it all. Can't wait. 
it, it is there's uh there's something there's something <laughs> fun about just everything getting started again and and just sort of where uh, where everything is going um one other little tiny tidbit that may or may not happen but is certainly looking like perhaps it is shifting in that direction uh i'm just i'm more speculating on this and i'm telling you for sure um, but but I'm I I feel like my speculation is going to be right. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it. Um, it does look to me like Spectrum could be picking up this year. Remember, we needed a bridge year, right? Because the big contract that MLS is going to sign with all of the t with all of the, the whoever's going to take all of the games, all of the inventory, uh, whether that's Amazon or ESPN Plus or any of those things, it's not going to happen until next year. And so the Galaxy's mm-hmm. contract with Spectrum ended last year. Um, there was no more right. contract, but we've been talking about the most likely successor to take it for only one season. It's just one season. It's really hard to sell something that's only one season. It's like, why would I put the effort into it is Spectrum because they already have basically um, the infrastructure to be able to handle all the Galaxy games because they've been doing it. Um, I don't right. know. I don't know if the Galaxy are paying them to do the games because I could certainly see that happening. Pay to play, right? Where you're like, hey, Spectrum, thanks for giving us all that money all this year. And Spectrum's like, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to have to pay us if you want us to, to show them this year or whether they're doing it for free, basically, and they're just going to take the programming um, and put that out there or if they're paying the LA Galaxy Maybe they're paying the Galaxy for this year. I don't know any of that, but it looks to me like it's headed in that direction after it has been um, very quiet so far. I talked to an LA Galaxy spokesperson um, who said that they are still uh, finalizing and looking for that that local broadcast partner. So I, you know, I asked, is it going to be Spectrum and said still looking. So um, that's the, you know that I feel like it's going to go in that direction. All right. Show me the money. Show me- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get to let's get to Greg uh, Greg Vanny's press conference. Um, let's give him a little bit on Mark Delgado because I feel like it's fun um, just to hear Greg talk about Mark Delgado. So uh, here's Greg Vanny uh, was asked about uh, you know what he can bring to the team um, and in the locker room as well. So uh, here is what Greg had to say. Yeah, Mark is uh, um, He's one of those guys I think sometimes that can go under the radar or be a little underappreciated, but he does so many little things that don't necessarily show up on the the score line, but they really help a team in, in ways that are just are immeasurable. The quantity of, of work that he puts forth in the game, like we, we have the hot the, the 100 top performances physically over the course of a season, we can look at those. Marky is the only player that has 10 or 12 uh, games where he's in the top 100 of the season. Like he just has an incredible capacity and engine for work with that. He's, he's got a, his ability to transition from attack to defending and defending to attacking, I think is as good as anyone in the league. And so it's never a moment where he loses time. He's always, he's always ahead of the game. He's always on the clock, which I think is important. Uh, and, and he's super aware. He's, he's a guy that I call him the great balancer. He's the guy that recognizes when a, when a space is empty, it needs to be filled. He recognizes when the defense defenders need help. He's always there to help. It's, he just has this, he has awareness and, and, uh, and a capacity to cover ground and do things at a rate. All right, there you go. So, so I mean, glowing, glowing. I mean, if my wife said that about me, uh, jinx. <laughs> yeah, the the great the great balancer. Uh, can, that's can that be my nickname instead of Pato, the wow. great balancer? 
Um, so anyway, there was there was it's some like of that. a dances with wolves yeah. kind of you know. <laughs> he 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 was going on his soliloquy there. He was he was out on the plains and the prairie, and uh, he was 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 he riding? Which part was he riding on the horse through through everybody shooting at him because he was drunk and uh, tried to commit suicide? Actually, that's a funny part of that movie, isn't it? Ha ha. Um, that that movie to me. That movie to me is like this ridiculously, you know, good movie. Um, but whenever you realize how it sort of all starts at the beginning, um, at least because I watched it when I was younger, it was sort of like, wait a yeah. minute, that doesn't quite fit into the like this mystique of this guy who's who's trying. But he all figures it out. He finds himself in the end. Yeah. That was the whole idea. And it's it's not spoiler alert. It's not the kind of cl- classic that you watch over. No one one and done. I don't need you know to be depressed. Mean? You know. No. Um, no. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's where we go. Uh, this was interesting because I know a lot of people have been talking about it. Eric Zavaleta. Uh, we know that Eric Zavaleta is Greg Vanny's nephew um and so there was some question about whether eric zavaleta the center back would be coming to the la galaxy he is a free agent um and so there were questions about whether eric would come to the la galaxy here is what greg vanny had to say when asked about eric zavaleta we i have spoken with him i have spoken with his agent it's not a move that we are that we are sizing up or making um you know, something that we talked about is our center back depth and whether we need something there, whether he ends up being the right person or not. We haven't made any real progress or discussion on that, but um, certainly he's out there and he's a free agent, but there's nothing in the works or in the making. Of it. Wonderful. Thank you. There we go. Okay. So so it's happening. So yeah, expect it next week. Uh, no, Greg said no. He said no. It's not happening. It's not a thing. He also went on to talk a whole bunch about Jalen Neal on this, right? And so he was gushing about Jalen Neal. The I feel like Greg thinks he has the center back depth that he needs, especially with Lear Dam being able to play in the right center back position uh, with Sega Koulibaly, with Derek Williams, with Nick Depew, um, you know, with Jalen Neal being able to come in there as well. So there's a lot of reasons why I think perhaps Greg says, I, I think I have enough where I'm at. We'll see if that ends up being the case. This is one of those things where if it comes to the, to the middle of the season and Eric Zavaleta is still there and the Galaxy defense has been struggling and there's, a, you know, the the right center back position, it's going to be the right center back position. I'm telling you, Derek Williams is going to be fine this year. This is the year that he sort of takes off and is uh, is is good to go again. Mm. And he wipes away the bad tackle that happened that sort of ruined his season, I think, last year. Um, and so he's going to be fine. It's going to be who's that second? Is it going to be Nick Depew? Is it going to be Sega Koulibaly? Is it going to be Kelvin Leardam? Are the Galaxy going to play three in the back and have a bunch of wingbacks? Because Julian Rojo plays a great wingback and uh, Raheem Edwards can play a wingback position as well. So, you know, is is how's Viafania playing? You know, so there's a, there's a bunch you, of these decisions. Do you decisions. feel like it's going to be Koulibaly? No. Do you think it's going to be... I think it's You're not a fan, are you? No, I'm not. But I'm also not yeah. a fan of Nick DePew yet either. So I'm I'm no, I am of he's the He's not the answer. I am of the opinion that Greg Vanny is gonna slot Kelvin Leardam into that right center back position and he's gonna play next to Julian Araujo. And I kinda like that more than anything else mm-hmm. that it, you know why I like it? Because I haven't seen it and I haven't hated it yet. So I think <laughs> I, I think I think that's a great I think you should do that. I haven't Brilliant. seen that yet. So um so try that one. Um, so, so there was that, uh, there was another question and Gio Garcia, uh, asked this question says, um, asked about Christian Pavone. We've been talking about Christian Pavone. If you've been watching the rumors on the internet, you would think that Christian Pavone is like at the LA galaxy's front door right now. And he's ready to come in through the door and ever, except on this show, all of our wonderful li- listeners know that I've been saying, I don't think that's happening. Here's Greg Vanny talking about Christian Pavone. You'll tell tell me who you think is right. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll say the same thing I say. It's it's not a simple situation. It's a complicated situation. Uh, there's a lot of things that are um, that are in that situation that don't make it as straightforward as you know maybe some people would like. And so, uh, is it a possibility? Maybe. Is it uh, is it likely? Don't know if I could say that it's likely, but uh, obviously it's a player we monitor, we know well. Uh, a lot of like like a lot of the things that he did on the field, but there's still a lot of questions that that are unresolved that uh, need to be resolved before that could any even be a, a real discussion or a serious discussion. There you go. That's it's it. And by the way, he's hinting at all the legal the the, the pending yes. legal case and the and the rape charges against Chris Bowman. If those get cleared up, I'm I'm all for this. Positively cleared up, so that way there's no doubt about it. The legal proceedings get set down in some sort of way. Everybody has a positive outcome from it. Hundred percent, you go after Christian Pavone. But also, I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to like. Well, I I mean, Galaxy fans are not going to like this. Sophie, you'll be like, yeah, well, of course. If that goes away, there's going to be a lot of people interested in him. Um, so that's not a that's not going to be a surprise. So if you think that the LA Galaxy are suddenly going to get Christian Pavone this summer, uh, once somehow the the legal case gets you know uh, gets dismissed or or it's resolved uh, positively, uh, then. I think you're, you're thinking too. I mean, listen, there's a chance you could get him on a targeted allocation money. If he really wanted to come back and play for the LA galaxy, there's a chance. All right. That everything has to get cleared up in order for that to happen. And I think there would be a lot of suitors. His agent was rumored to have said, and I was reading some articles that were translated. So again, it's not, it's not great for me, but I'll say his agent basically said, we're willing to wait until the summer. Uh, we're willing to ride out the rest of his contract with Boca because it runs through this uh, through, through the end of June, uh, and then he'll be a free agent, and then he'll go. So I imagine he'll find a place to play um, after that. I just don't he, think it'll be with the Galaxy. He's going to go to Europe. Maybe, maybe, absolutely, um, absolutely could um, because he's wanted to. Um, and I, yeah. a, again, if there's if there's nothing hanging over his head, I think he absolutely could. Yeah. Um, so, so the whole deal, let me get to Greg Vanny here talking about, so anyway, that's your Pavone thing. It does it, to me, it doesn't sound like it, it's boring. It's that's, it's not going to happen. That's not Greg Vanny's telling, you no. Yeah. Not until we know what's going on. If we don't know what's going on, we're not going to do it. Um, here's Greg Vanny talking about Julian Araujo, um, which was, which is great. His debut in the world cup qualifying. I was great. I, I, I loved seeing him get on the field for many reasons for him, for him first and foremost, uh, to have that opportunity, I, you know, I know, and I could see it in him a little bit, just, he was anxious to get on the field and, and try to impact the game. And, uh, you know, he was flying and buzzing. I thought he had a, you know, a couple moments, um, where he put a good ball across the face of the goal. It kind of created an opportunity there at the back post, but you could tell he had a lot of that anxiety energy and Julian's already an energetic fellow. And, and so it's important to get that first moment and get that first sensation for your national team. And, uh, and I thought 15 minutes was at least it gave him that opportunity, hopefully to help him relax next time. And maybe he gets 90, whatever that looks like. But I was really happy for him because I know he's worked hard for that opportunity. He deserves it. And uh, and there's only bright things for him for for the Mexico national team and for us as well. So it's, it's a great experience for him. Yeah, we, we talk about this all and there's a risk anytime a player goes away under national duty that they're going to get injured. They're going to come back and, you know, not be able to play for the club. But there's there's such a positive spin that can happen to Sophie, especially with somebody like uh, Julian Araujo, who's young and he gets that sort of atmosphere and that feeling he's playing in the biggest games in the world now. I mean, yeah, he could. I mean, he could end up going to the World Cup. Uh, and I mean, you know, it's going to it's not going to be easy, but he could. And 
he he could have a very big season. Yeah. This season, an mm-hmm. MVP type season. Now I know like the MVP is always like, you know, the top scorer or the sexy midfielder, but the way he plays, um, I think, I think he, he can have a really special season as long as he keeps his discipline in check, because as what, as much as we love that caged animal being released, right. He just, and I think he's done a better job of that, to be honest with you. I think with his maturity off the pitch too, we've seen a calmer um, Araujo on the pitch as well. Yeah, I think he's a little more um, more calm and waits for those moments. But I love the explosive mm-hmm. speed. I love the uh, the intensity. I mean, Panama didn't really know how to deal with him. It looks like his Mexi- yeah. his Mexico teammates didn't understand his speed or. You know what happens is he's been playing in training mode and they didn't realize in game mode Julian Araujo <laughs> picks up four or five miles per hour uh, because there were a bunch of uh, of, of little uh, passes back behind him. But, I mean, the big deal now is that Julian Araujo now has had two very good performances for Mexico, one in the friendly and one in a World Cup qualifier. And yes, it was only a little bit amount, but that means he's going to continue to get called up. Now, he may not get the playing time as much as everybody, I, I think, maybe would hope to hope him to. Um or maybe they're happy. Maybe that's good. He goes away. But he's going to be away from the LA Galaxy more this year, I think, than obviously he was last yes. year. So that's something to keep in track as well. That's why Kelvin Leardam coming in as that right back and, and that ability to fill in that role is probably a pretty good one. And one of the reasons that Greg Vanny went out and got him um, for that. One of the things uh, Vanny did mention, by the way, uh, was this. He talked about guys being in training. Um, but he also talked about some guys who didn't, and he mentioned Adam Saldana with an injury, and Damian Calhoun asked what the injury was. Uh, Adam Saldana broke his ankle, uh, and it actually required surgery. He was doing some off-season training uh, and snapped his ankle. Uh, it required surgery, and now he's in recovery. So uh, Greg said he didn't have a timetable for that, um, but he's in that recovery portion. I'm guessing he's not even at the field yet. Uh, yet with with sort of that recovery. Um, so he's probably just doing training, that, uh, doing the physical therapy stuff, or maybe he's even in the rest mode. We really don't know how long it's progressed and how long ago that surgery was. So for Adam Saldana, who was a peace player uh, last year, he played a couple pieces here and there, and who knows how many minutes he would get this year with some of the additions in the center midfield. Um, is it, He's probably going to miss, I would suggest as much as half the year or as little as maybe a quarter of the year. But I certainly don't see him, you know, being, he's not going to be ready for the first game of the season. I I would imagine that it's, you know, at least three months in or four months in by the time he finally gets back up to game fitness and can be available for selection. So, yeah. And he's not going to be rushed back anyway. So, no, you know, yeah, it's shame, shame for him, to be honest. That's a bummer um, that that's, that's happened. That that was oh one my. that was one of the only injuries we've sort of heard about so far in preseason, and that happened outside of preseason. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that you know necessarily um, happened uh, with training and while the guys were going. So anyway, that's it. I mean, that's sort of where we sit for the LA Galaxy game coming up um, this Saturday. That game is at seven thirty p.m. You can watch that game lagalaxy.com. We told you on Monday uh, it will be geo blocked. Um, to 75 miles because MLS requires that. The Galaxy really have nothing to do. Here's the idea, and this is why they do it. It's a stupid thing, but I'm going to tell you why they do it. Because they don't want content going for free around the world, right? Because if you don't geoblock it, anybody in the world can watch it from anywhere. And as fans, everybody goes, 
Well, great. Then every, then you can get more fans to watch. Maybe there's somebody in Japan who, who stumbles across mm-hmm. the LAGalaxy.com website and it's like, I'll watch the LA Galaxy play the New England Revolution um, and all those former LA Galaxy players. Uh, by the way, I watched a video today of Sebastian Legette finally joining the New England Revolution and saying hi to Bruce and Ima Boateng. Um, and I figured that, that this show would just be that over and over and over again, but we, we didn't go there. Um, but that is... that is. Did why- it make you sad or glad? I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't, it, it didn't make me sad. I just didn't feel like he was cheating. No, it, I, yeah, a little bit. I did. I was sort of like, yeah, you, yeah, huh? I see how it is. And Bruce was there too. It's sort of like, but you know, I like, oh, it's I a like double him. Cheat. You know, it's like, I like him. And then Ima Boateng, it's like, oh, but all those guys at Omar Gonzalez is there. And AJ Delagarza, AJ Delagarza <laughs> is there. Um, by the way, New England just signed, it looks like Josie Altador as well. Uh, Josie Elsdor will be joining Bruce in New England at 32 years old. So that's an interesting part. One of so, the most overrated players. I'll, I'll just say this. Even with, even without Josie Altador, I have New England going to the eastern side of the MLS Cup. And I have Seattle going right now to the western side. So, Honestly, how they didn't win it last season is beyond me. That was crazy. But NYFC were just on a different kind of trajectory, weren't they? And, and maybe that was harsh on Altador because he ended up winning with Toronto and stuff. But maybe it's because it's the men's team. I didn't I didn't understand why he used to get picked so often and I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'm being harsh. I'll be honest, the US men's national team could use a big, tall number nine right now. In fact, I think it's the biggest thing that they're missing. But hey, um, you know, they got some youngsters in there. It's just gonna have to develop those guys. So that's where we sit. Uh LA Galaxy uh coming up, game against New England Revolution as we know them. Uh the LA Galaxy of the East. Uh, over there, they're going to be coming into the, into Dignity Hill Sports Park. So you should get to see some fan favorites, uh, that type of thing. Um, you know, again, wear your masks whenever you're there. We'll see everybody at the stadium, all sorts of fun stuff with that. So that's what I got. Is there anything else, Sophie, that you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, no, I think um, that was a pretty tight agenda. Very nice. Very good. Um, I, I think, you know, again, just uh, give players, new players coming in a chance. Let's see how this shapes out. But I tell you something right now, LA Galaxy on paper looks a lot better than LAFC, doesn't it? I mean, on paper, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. It, again, I, I still feel like the Galaxy are missing. They have a designated player with Costa coming in, so I guess we can say that. By the way, they, they're expecting, I think, the announcement on Monday. That's what uh, Fabrizio said was Monday. We'll see. I imagine that he's correct. Um, I haven't heard that, but I imagine that he's correct on Monday. So um, that's when the announcement will come, which is great because we have a podcast on Monday night, so that would be great. We, mm-hmm. we appreciate all that uh, that content dropping on Monday morning. Um, the earlier, the better, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, that'll come out. So Monday, uh, and then there's, I think there's two TAM players missing too, Sophie, and I don't, I think they're going to get maybe one of them before, like in this early part of the season. And then I think they're going to sit and they're going to wait because they may have to go get somebody during the summer whenever they realize that they have a hold they didn't realize that they they had. Um, there's going to be play, yeah. Who sorry who 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 plays more games this season, Carlos Vela or Chicharito? Chicharito. I think Vela's done at the summertime, so I think his contract is up in the summertime. I think he's gone. Um, I don't think he stays. So I think that's one. I got a better one for you. Who plays more games this year? Chicharito or Douglas Costa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a better one. I know. I, I thought as soon as you asked me, I thought that's who you were going to ask. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a uh, good question. I'm going to go with Chicharito. 
I, Maybe by one game, though. They're going to be like neck and neck for minutes. It's going to be right there. Realistically, I would expect an e- a, a, an even uh, minute distribution for both those guys. I would like to see them play 60 to 75% of the minutes available to the, to the season this year. That's what I'm hoping for. 75% of the games would be a good number for that. But I really what I want to see is like 65, 70 minutes played and then mm-hmm. being subbed out because the Galaxy are winning and they can rest those guys and rest those legs. That's the that's the great idea. I don't know yeah. if that happens, but that's that's where I think Victor Vasquez is another one, right? You want to see like, you know, 50 to 60 minutes for him whenever he's going to be playing and starting, or you want to see him play a really energetic 30 minutes in the last 30 minutes of the game. Uh, same with Sasha Kleshin. I think there's a lot of managing of minutes that Greg Banny's going to have to do. So that's an that's an interesting. How interesting many players one. are there that are over 30? Not that many. The average age on the team is still a, just under 25. It's 24.92. I haven't put Douglas Costa on here yet because uh, that wasn't official. Uh, the mean is 25. Let's see, over 30. Chicharito, 29. Derek Williams is 29. Over 30. You have Jorge Villafania, who's 32. Do, 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 do. 36. Sasha Question. 31. Kelvin Leardam. 35. Victor Vasquez. And that's it. Douglas Costa's thirty-one. All right. I think your okay. mean. I think your 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 mean uh, is going to be about 26, 27. I think your average age is going to be right around twenty-five and a half, twenty-six, which I think it's is good. a good balance. Yeah. But, but the fun part is doing that for the starting lineups because that will be considerably different than having a whole bunch of youngsters who weigh you down in the center there. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep a look on that. Maybe that would be one of the stats I do every every week whenever there's a starting lineup is the average age of this starting lineup is do 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 and I'll give it to you. So maybe that would be one. All right. Anything else, Soph? We good? All right. Blue paper. You're happy. All right. Good. I'm glad. Um, why don't you tell people where they can find you and we will get out of here. You can find me at Highbury Squad on all platforms if you like a little bit of everything and at Soccer Diva on the old Twitter sphere. Remember, look after each other. Be safe. Take care. Yeah. Don't have a meltdown just yet. No meltdown. Too soon. Too soon. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman. J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Head on over there. You can find our podcast. You can find our videos. You can find all of our articles that we write and put there. All right. That about does it for Miss Sophie, the Canon Nicolau. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. See you at the game on Saturday. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.